Welcome to Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. I am Gemma Serenity Gorokov, your host, and today we have Dr. Barbara Hopkinson joining us. She's the founder of A Butterfly's Journey. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Gemma. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I appreciate your invitation. Thank you very much. So my first question, let's do a bird's eye view. Can you please lead us through the kind of abuse you overcame in your life so that we know a little bit what you talk about and what is important to you? Okay. Um, yes, my the main sorts of abuse, actually, if you can call loss an abuse, I've had a lot of loss. Um, I had a marriage that there was it, there was infidelity. Um, and then um, I lost my second husband. I actually, during my first marriage, I lost three children. And then during my second marriage, um, my husband passed away suddenly on his way to work. And that I was very vulnerable, didn't realize how much. And I got involved in a romance scam. So there was a big financial loss there. Um, my background is that I was... Um, uh, in the corporate world through software, worked 10 years at IBM. Uh, but after all this loss of children and husband, my parents, um, and uh, actually sight sight in one of my eyes, I decided to, to found a nonprofit, which you mentioned when you introduced me. And that's about uh, resilience after loss. And I also did a support group, a local support group for families that had lost children. So um, we've, we've done a lot of that. But during my, before I started the nonprofits, I actually was on the board of a local women's crisis center for domestic violence prevention uh, and education and went through the domestic violence education. So I understand a little bit about some different types of abuse, you know, as well. And in in my grief work, a lot of the people I deal with have gone through a lot of different sorts of abuse, which result in various kinds of loss that, that I help them with. Does that cover it? <laughs> that is, absolutely does. Thank you so much for sharing. Okay, so we understand multiple losses of people dear to your heart yes. so much and who pass on and it's over and you are left with your grief your loss and wondering why and then another one and another one and another one it's like my gosh i am alone on this earth something along those lines i would guess and so this roman scam which is the other big problems that you may encounter sometimes. I'm sorry that you had to experience that and so happy that you created that nonprofit Butterfly's journey because you clearly have understood the grief cycle enough to help others go through it because we all at some point go through it. And when it is repeatedly, it's much harder because you have many cycles that go simultaneously. <clears throat> let's, let's talk maybe a little bit about that romance scam. What was that about? What happened? Well, um, again, I was still recovering really from the loss of my oldest son and my 30-year my marriage fell apart uh, after my older son, my 21-year-old son died. And so that was a very difficult one-two punch. 
and my remaining son was struggling and struggling in school and and, and lots of ripple effects <clears throat> and so I did then uh, finally, after a couple of years, did find a wonderful man that I married with my second marriage, and we were married almost 12 years. Uh, and suddenly, he was on his way to work. We had tickets for a show that night, and he died suddenly, literally a widow-maker heart attack on his way to work. So that plunged me into a different sort of loss and grief, and it made me that much more vulnerable. So I waited a couple of years until I decided to try. I had met him on, uh, on a, online dating. So I, I decided after a couple of years, because I really wanted a companion, I started it again. And um, I was on, I think I met my first, second husband on Match.com. And I went back to Match.com and not realizing it within a couple of weeks, I was targeted. But I didn't know that. And I didn't realize how vulnerable I was. So later, someone told me that I was the victim of a global crime syndicate out of Nigeria. But this gentleman was very very persuasive and was supposedly local and we kept like missing each other when we were going to meet and then he he we also we did several video calls with his uh with his children six and eight and uh over time he got me to fall in love with him and trust him and initially then he had to go away to work and um initially you know you you basically he asked for help with something related to his kids and i helped and then there was something preventing him from coming home. And we were literally supposed to get together and, and have a future together. And, um, and I believed him again, part of my vulnerability. Uh, and uh, so that was a, a much bigger chunk financially. And then the other pieces over time, uh, this went on for two years that, and very plausible stories. I mean, I'm not stupid, <laughs> but I definitely was more vulnerable than I realized. And all these plausible things until finally um, the rest of it, the rest of the money that was sent was all about getting the first piece back. And it caused me a lot of problems. He basically stole my retirement. Um, and after a while, when I hadn't for a while, things, you know, it was more difficult to get together and talk as often. But again, always plausible stories. So and he worked in an industry that I used to work in. And so he he knew he knew what he was doing. Over time, I finally realized, wait a minute, it's been quite a while since I've heard from him. And I initially had, um, I didn't realize it, but I had a number for the person he said was his stepsister who was watching his children while he was away. And uh, I didn't realize I had her number, but I went digging back through everything and I found her number. So I called her twice, she didn't answer. Then I texted her, she finally responded. And I said to her, you know, I asked about, about John and, you know, explained. And she said, uh, and I said, he said you were his stepsister. He said, I don't have any stepbrothers. And that's when I realized that the whole thing was fake. And it had been quite a while since I had heard from him. So he finally got whatever he thought he could get out of me. And then he took off. And I still, I beat myself up for a couple of years after that. And it was difficult for my son to swallow as well. He actually tried to warn me at one point during that, but I wasn't listening. Uh, that's what happens, right? When you fall in love with somebody. And, but unfortunately, these romance scammers are very charming and very good at making you fall in love with them and trust them. Um, and so when I finally realized it, it was like, oh, my God, I was devastated, not only financially, but emotionally. And because I thought he was my future, I was willing to raise his kids. <laughs> 
it was a little crazy. But now I realize that, yeah, I really have to be very careful and don't give people money that you really don't know and haven't met in person. And it almost doesn't matter what they tell you or how much you like them. You know, it's, 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 it's a very difficult thing because emotions, especially when it's love-based, right? And you want it so badly that you, it makes you blind. Me. Yeah, we say that um, when you have those um, pink glasses because you just fell in love, mm. the fact is that it actually stops our brain from thinking it through. We are just in love. We, we are not thinking through, we are not analyzing, we are not like looking for red flags or anything like that. We are here like, Thank you, finally, the man of my life or the woman of my life. I mean, exactly. and you're like so happy and grateful. I mean, and we're going to have a future. I mean, it is monumental when yeah. you actually accept to step into that in love yeah. state. And this was before, by the way, romance camps were public. This was a few years ago. So I had never heard of a romance scam and I did not... I wasn't looking for it. And, and and I met him the same place I met my second husband. So I, my guard was not up. And I think I fall in love too easily anyway. <laughs> but uh, I've learned a lot since then, right? So Yeah. You know, you are looking, you, you are manifesting someone at some point. And when you hear someone and you discover someone who seems to have manifested you, there is nothing wrong in falling in love. When it becomes a scam, that becomes another problem. Yeah. But, and I that mean, it was changes the entire landscape of right, the relationship. It was always a scam, but I didn't recognize it as one. I understand that. Yeah. And I think it's very important to mention it and to talk about that, maybe to raise awareness that, first of all, it exists how to recognize that. Mm -hmm. And when someone makes you believe they are local. Yeah, then there was always a last minute, you know, had to, oh, had had to leave and had to get his, you know, his children to his stepsisters in Texas. I'm in Massachusetts. And then he had to, you know, be on, I, I think this was actually an oil rig, which again, <laughs> you know, all these things, but it, it didn't, it rang true to me because I had been in that industry and, and the stuff we talked about it, it was very, um, it was, it was very good. It was very smooth. I understand that. And, and you don't realize, you know, and, and, I, and I think this actually overlaps somewhat even with domestic violence, right? When they oh, yeah, go through that cycle of the honeymoon cycle versus the, yeah. the, re the realization and then the explosion, right? And then yeah. um, that, that during that honeymoon cycle, right? Somebody's really charming. <laughs> um, they can really, take you in by their, Infinity. by their, you know, by their charm and, and make you feel like, you know, really love and trust. And, and that's really what you want. That certainly was what I wanted, especially after my second husband was great. And, and I just needed, I needed that kind of companionship again. Which is so understandable. Yeah. So legitimate. In, and we cannot we cannot really say do not look for love online because that is not true either. 
No, no, no. You need it. You need love in your life. Oh, yeah, you do. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and I know that several of the people I met who actually like were really part of my life were met online. Mm -hmm. And I remember the first time I went online with the intention to find a musician to partner with me because I'm also a musician to play together. Mm -hmm. I was not expecting to find my second husband. I was expecting to find a musician. Right. And the thought I had is that I'm a good person. I'm smart. I go online to meet someone. And obviously, there are other smart people, intelligent people who are going on the same place and want to meet me or someone like me. So, of course, I'm trusting at first. Mm -hmm. But then I realized one thing. When you have 150 requests to chat because you are a female on a chat room for meeting, uh -huh. <laughs> and it's all from males, it's like, Am I being a prey over here? What is okay. that? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my experiences, but not all of them, of course. But indeed, when you establish trust, establish love or commitment, mm -hmm. it becomes extremely difficult to actually realize, hey, hold on a second. Do I actually want to do something? And the answer from the heart is, yes, of course. He's my future. Of course, yes. I'm going to have. There is nothing wrong with that reflection and that action. Mm -hmm. So Plus now there were lots of promises for it to be returned, you know, immediately or within 30 days or, you know, yeah, lots yeah. of promises that you don't really that have. Made it possible, that. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> At what time did you realize? You said when you called the stepsister, she told you, I do not have any stepbrother. I don't know what you talk about. That was your first, like, raising yes. consciousness. Yeah. From there, what happened? How did you think? What did you well, explore? Well, did you find more proofs? Well, <laughs> um, no, because he was gone at that point. Uh, but I did report it to the FBI three times. And then I called and um, she actually, she also had been a victim. I think of him and somebody he said was his business partner. And it actually um, caused her, not only they must've sent her some kind of gifts. So he had sent me one thing um, and it was in her car and, and she actually, was investigated by the police for identity. And they, then they realized it was a scam. It wasn't her fault, but she, it, she ended up losing her nursing career over it. And also issues with her children because of the money that was stolen from her. But um, because he was having me send money to her cash app account, and then they were stealing it from the cash app account. And she ended up in a lot of debt and a lot of owed taxes. And I did too. Um, but after that, what I did is I reported it to the FBI thinking they might help. I actually had a friend who knew somebody from the FBI, and initially they said they were too busy, they couldn't help. So I reported it, 
and for whatever reason or for more definition or whatever, I ended up over time reporting in three different times. I called, I called the Boston office. They connected me into the uh, Washington DC office. They hung up on me. There were no help at all. So even though I reported it three times and gave them all the details and I had numbers, I had names on bank accounts and numbers of transfers, all that stuff, they did nothing. They never even got back to me. And when I called them to follow up on it, they just said, did you report it online? And I said, yes, click, they hung up on me. <laughs> so I, I got no help at all from them. <coughs> it was pretty uh, discouraging. Um. <laughs> Curiosity questions that you do not have to answer what kind of amount did you lose globally? Uh, I'll, never, I'll never disclose that. That's totally, totally good, totally good. That's a pirate, yeah, it's a private thing. Yeah. Totally good, totally good. So this is important to understand. So first of all, Cash App is known for scams, but nowadays, nowadays. I don't think if it was really Cash App or something else. I'm not sure, but every, everything online is known for scams. I mean, I've heard of scams yeah. with PayPal and Venmo and, you know, yeah. you get people contacting you all the time and email and by phone and by your text and online. And I mean, it's pervasive now, but it wasn't then. I had not heard anything in the news about it. I had That's not, true. I was not aware of it. And at some point, like I said, my son tried to warn me, my, my remaining son, and uh, he was right. But I thought he was just being skeptical like his father. <laughs> Excuse me. There is a hefty dose of skepticism that just like requires more proof before trusting fully. And then it's a question of, okay, do you want to actually double check that, prove that? What is it? Yeah, I mean, you're so enamored right and they're so yeah. good at being charming and making yeah. you fall in love with them that you know i like i said i beat myself up for quite a while afterwards but then i did some reading and there were you know doctors and lawyers and all these very well-educated people that were losing big big amounts of money and it really is all tied to their they're going after your vulnerability around uh, love and companionship and um i realized afterwards that i was absolutely targeted as a widow as a as a middle-aged widow so um yeah I, what are you gonna do you just i think i've come to the conclusion that now i've forgiven myself even forgiven him because it doesn't doesn't do you any good to hold on right you forgive you don't forgive for the other people you forgive for yourself so that you can release it and have it not be a burden on you and so i've worked to do that um, and I went through, um, I teach what we call grief recovery method classes, and it's for 43 kinds of loss. It might be loss of a person or a pet or financial or health or anything. It's 43 kinds of loss. And um, a lot of, you know, people that go through domestic violence go through loss because often they have to move or they lose finances and, you know, when they break, there's all kinds of issues. And so it's the only evidence-based methodology in the world for grief. It's been used 45 years on six continents. And uh, it's only it's it's action based as a book and homework, and it's only seven weeks long. I do it one on one over Zoom, and so it's helpful to. And I used it on myself. You know, I, when I first obviously I got certified, then I got an advanced certification, and I've been teaching it for almost nine years. And um, that kind of that's one of the helpful things you can do, and it's one of the ways that I learn to stop beating myself up. And, um, and forgive myself and them and just kind of start to heal and move past it.
thank you for educating the audience about that. It can be very, very um, difficult to recognize this kind of abuse yes. until it's actually too late, until you have actually lost. Yeah, and you see these people, even the people, every once in a while, somebody like will point out like a Dr. Phil show or something where he's really getting into it and these people, and they won't give up even though they've got all this proof that he's not real. They're so desperate to be loved that it overrides everything. Doesn't It's not logical, uh, which is a shame because that's what makes you vulnerable. So that's, yeah, that's what I would caution people is if it's if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> Excuse me. It's okay. <laughs> Dr. Babra, you have founded the Butterfly's Journey. Mm -hmm. I understand that you have a framework and you are certified and receive an advanced certifications. So you off what do you offer in the Butterfly's Journey? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to mention it. Before that, I had founded a local support group for families that had lost a child, grandchild, or sibling, and I ran that for 20 years. And I just recently turned that over to someone else. But 10 years ago, or almost 11 years ago now, I wanted to do more and do broader grief than that. And so I founded A Butterfly's Journey um, as a you know 501c3 nonprofit. And so we have three main things. So there's a free online resource center. It's at butterfliesjourney.org, and that's F-L-Y-S, it's possessive, not plural. Uh, and there is a, re a free resource center with all kinds of grief resources. And then there, I do these grief recovery method classes. And again, that's the only evidence-based methodology. And it's action-based and it's not endless. And it's complementary to support a therapy. But it really targets what's unique to you. And it's, you know, it's non-denominational. It's got nothing to do with religion. It really helps you identify undelivered communications and the myths that you've been living with about grief. And then it puts you through an exercise of really getting down to some of the things you want to say to the per that you didn't get to say, maybe to the to the person that you lost or because of the situation. Um, and you walk through it and you're, and you're witnessed, you actually create a letter. And then the third thing we do is something called Faces of Resilience photo shoots. And those are quite interesting uh, because they're about open expression. So I'll go to grief related events and I've done this all over the country in Canada, Caribbean, London, and I've got like 12 languages and I really wanna do it more and do, I've got a, a photo book, I have a memoir out and I have a photo book called Faces of Resilience, and I want to do a series of them. But basically, we, we encourage people to express themselves about their grief, and we write it. I write it on their skin with a washable marker. So it's visceral and cathartic. And then we take professional photos, you know, individuals, couples, groups with pets, doesn't matter, as many as you'd like, and we professionally edit them and send it to them so that when they get it, it's a catalyst for them to talk about their grief or their loss or their struggle. And it's just a catalyst for them to get it out, which is, I think, most one of the heal one of the most healing things you can do. And we don't talk about grief in our culture very much. Um, it's been very difficult. It's starting to loosen up, but it's been very, very difficult. And uh, and you really need to. So those are the three main things that A Butterfly's Journey does, and it's my passion. This is truly beautiful, and I'm very grateful that this is the way you chose to pay forward <laughs> your experience to be a beacon yeah. for yeah. others. 
this is the by the way this is the book you can see oh, nice. this, this is, <laughs> you can just you can just kind of see that's just Miss an you. okay i see that but Miss there's you. all these all these people with we just My discourse are. names but Miss all these they have different so sayings nice. and they're all different types of loss and i'm just so passionate about it i had to show you <laughs> that's gorgeous Thank really you. really gorgeous beautiful Thank you. Dr. Bakra, thank you so much for opening up about dealing with loss and grief. Thank you. As well as the reality of romance camps. Yeah. And how much you can lose over this elusive dream of being in love. Oh, people have lost millions. I think oh, yeah. uh, a couple of years ago, I heard just in Massachusetts, they identified 11 billion that was lost. I mean, crazy numbers. Yeah. yeah but I just hope wish. people, I hope they can avoid it when they're aware of it. But I also hope that if they fall victim to it, that they don't beat themselves up too much because, you know, you were set up. It's not, it's, it's you know, you're not, not bad, not stupid. You just fell victim to an emotional, to be an emotional target. Um, which is not unusual, right? So, so if they can find a way to to work it out or forgive themselves, and 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 I'll do a, a free thirty minute call with anyone um, that would like. There's a um, probably the. Is it okay to say my phone number? Absolutely. If it, it's up to you, if you want people to reach out to you, please say. Yeah, Butterfliesjourney.org, and I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page, so they can contact me. We're under those numbers, and there's a face is a resilience Facebook page too. But um, it's 617 410 6309, and I'm happy to do a free um, call to help them understand what their options are and, and if I can help. Gorgeous, I usually can. <laughs> Wonderful, thank you so much for sharing all of that. It matters. Thank you for being of service. Well, thank and you. to the audience, to you listening in, just take the time to reach out because 43 losses, I'm Wait, sure you have quite yeah. some of those in your life. Mm. Everyone has. Thank, thank you. you for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for coming. <laughs>